Hi, guys. It's your friend Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Thanks for tuning in to Texas Football today. Uh, our show is on tape today. We are doing our Friday Night Lights uh, review spectacular. But uh, So I'm just going to be playing the video here in just a moment. But uh, we would be remiss if we did not acknowledge uh, the, the big news, the kind of uh, saddening news that came down yesterday, the passing of Dan Jenkins, uh, the legendary sports writer uh, over in Fort Worth. Uh, Dan Jenkins is a friend uh, of the Dave Campbell's Texas football family. Uh, he wrote for the magazine for many, many years. Uh, he's a personal friend uh, of Dave Campbell, our founder and editor-in-chief. Those guys uh, used to uh, chop it up back in the Southwest Conference days. Uh, and uh, it is a true loss um, that we're all feeling today. Uh, the loss of Dan Jenkins at 89, um, a legendary sports writer. And I don't toss that word around lightly. To me, uh, when you're talking about the greatest sports writers in Texas high or Texas history, uh, you know, in some sort of order, you're talking about Blackie Sharon, you're talking about Dave Campbell, you're talking about Frank Alexa, uh, you're talking, uh, you know, Mickey Herskowitz, a uh, uh, fair number of uh, other people that I'm mentioning. But that list absolutely positively always includes Dan Jenkins. And so it's a loss. It's it's one that we are feeling here today. And and so if you get a uh, if you've never if you don't know why Dan Jenkins is so great, uh, go to Amazon and can type in Dan Jenkins and buy a book. I promise you, it will be worth it. Uh, if I may recommend one, Semi Tough is his no- novel, and it is unbelievable. It's so so good. Uh, it, it, it's it's a tough thing, and we we're, we're feeling it here at the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Family today. Uh, the loss of Dan Jenkins. So if you get a, uh, a minute, uh, hold a, hold a thought, say a prayer for the for the Jenkins family. Uh, Dan Jenkins uh, passed away at the age of 89 yesterday. We are sad to see him go. So that is uh, the the important stuff. Let's now get to some our normal nonsense. Uh, we have a fantastic uh, Friday Night Lights recap spectacular for you. Uh, a couple of special guests in this. So uh, we hope you enjoy this. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk and Built by Nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and Facebook. And get involved with the show using hashtag TF Today. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show on the Internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on thefacebook.com, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, celebrating his 41st birthday today. Happy birthday to... One of the many, many men that my wife would leave me in an instant for, James Vanderbeek. <laughs> he turns forty-one. Today. My my uh, wife has my wife has actually said he is more attractive now because he is like apparently he's got like five kids. Oh, that's more okay. Yes, and yeah. that's that that is. Uh, she's like he's just so adorable. Your wife and I live in very different well, worlds. Yes. Just very different worlds. That is so true. That's truer than you even think. That's probably true. Uh, today is Friday, March 8th, 2019, 265 days until Thanksgiving, episode 721. 721, Craig Gentry's OPS in his Lester's Texas Rangers career. That's a kid in the face. All right, guys, it is a, it's a special day. It's a special day because we're done watching Friday Night Lights. Woo! We're done with the show after today. Yeah. Today is our kind of uh, our recap Everything kind of uh, we're putting a bow on everything. We've got two very special guests coming up. Uh, one, uh, our, uh, our our good friend and and listener, uh, valued listener, Terry Adams, who we find out a very special connection she has with this oh, show. Oh man, two very special connections actually. And then we will also hear uh, from another guy who is kind of the the reason that we did this. Yeah. Our old colleague uh, David Ubbin of uh, the Athletic. Uh, he is. He joins us to talk about the show and and why he thinks it's great. Why he he claims? Did he claim that it's a top five show for him? Top five show for him. So, um, so you we know will that going in. We will hear from both of them coming up here a little bit later. But first, Max, we do have to put a bow on Friday Night Lights. Uh, and and so I thought I think oh I think we should start. Okay. First and foremost, with our overall thoughts on the show. Okay. And. My overall thoughts on the show are 
it's fine. Like I, it's one of those things that I, I, I think that there are parts of it that I think are great. That I think, I think Friday Night Light. I think there are parts of it that are exceptional, actually. Uh, but it's only parts. And if you take the thing, if you take the whole show as a sum, I don't know. It's like a like a B. Yeah. B mi- B minus maybe. Like because here's the thing. Season one, I think, is not good. I don't think season one is good. <laughs> so bad. I don't think. So. Season uh... and then season two is an abject unadulterated disaster. It was not not good. It's awful. Now, and then contextually, to be fair, writer's strike, these things happen, whatever. I The thing about season one is like every episode is like its own insanity. Oh, so, so much. And, you know, I'm spoiling it a bit because we talk about this with David Oven. But it is very much like, if you binge watch this show, Ugh. it's t- it's it's too, a fire it's a hose of, in the face. It's a lot of uppers and downers, Ugh. just back to back to back to back. Whereas if you have a week between each show, yes, okay, and it's really entertaining and a lot for yes. like that one hour. Uh, but this is not the way to experience this but show. No, and and I just there were a couple of characters that I really liked, and we'll get to them in a moment. But there were also a fair number of characters that. Even even worse than like I don't like them like Tim Rickens, I just felt total apathy towards. Right. Like I didn't care about them. Yeah. For example, Lila Garrity. Yeah. I just don't care. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, Jason Street for the yeah. most part, I just don't care. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of those. There there are a handful of those characters, and that I think is 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 kind of the worst thing I can say about it. The best thing I can say about it is that I never, I basically never questioned the acting. Right. I thought that. From Pretty an good. acting perspective, this is a, a really excellent show. There wasn't much trash acting. No, no, it really wasn't. Pretty much everybody was pretty darn good yeah. in acting with a couple of uh, obvious highlights uh, out there that we thought were, were absolutely spectacular. So overall, look, I mean, if you're asking me for a, for a grade, I'd say like a B, B minus. Right. Um, I, I am not going to go back and watch this again. Nope. Um, and I'll also say that obviously we wanted to view this this show from a Texas high school football expert perspective. I'll put scare quotes around expert. Um, and from a from a high school football perspective, I think that knowing what I know about high school football made this show maybe worse for me <laughs> because it's like it all is, all yeah. it was was like all the things. I want to be clear. I think they got a fair amount of things right about high school football. But at the same time in Texas, but I do think that they got a fair amount of it wrong, too. And it was, like, glaring, like, a, a, a freaking, like, spotlight in my face. Like, hey, this is wrong. Hey, this is wrong. Yeah. And I think that hurt my, like, my uh, appreciation I think for when it. you step back overall, you can sort of understand why people appreciate it. And it's, I, I'm not going to besmirch anyone. Who enjoys the show? I'll, no. t- I'll tease him a little bit. I'll tease him, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bag on him too much. But you're right. Between drinking from a fire hose, our mm-hmm. experience of the show, which was trying to pack it into one month, which was a lot, plus all the glaring factual issues with it from a Texas high school football standpoint, which, by the way, we're the biggest nerds ever for caring. Of course. Biggest yes. nerds ever for caring. Yeah, that's but, on us. But that was the whole point of yes. this too. It was an excuse to to fact check the whole thing. Right. So. Whatever, but but those two things combined made it difficult to really like sit back and process and enjoy this. I think like a lot of fans did. So I'm not going to completely bag on people for liking it. No, but it's definitely not my cup of tea. That is definitely not a top five show for me. No, that's the thing is that like I, this is not a show where if it's one of your favorite shows, right. I am looking at you like, are you okay? Do we yeah. need to get you a doctor? Like, I don't mind that you watched it no. and had a good time, but like, let's calm down about. But it. but like, but that's the thing. It's like if you like this show, good for you. I yeah. think there are things in this show that you can like. I can understand how people how people like this show. Yeah. Not for me though. Yeah, it's just not a show that yeah. I really appreciate. All right, let's ask. Uh, let, let's ask a couple questions. First right. and foremost, um, maybe your MVP. Who's your MVP of the series? I thought a lot about this. Uh-huh. I think a lot of people have flashes. And even though I think what drives us most crazy about him are the sort of factual discrepancies as his abilities as a coach, uh-huh. I think it's Eric Taylor. I'm so, like Because at the end of the day, even if you think he makes a lot of weird decisions, and he does, and even if he's like weirdly irrational about dumb things, and he is, 
the whole show is built on his relationships with the people around him. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone is reacting to or from, you know, or he's reacting to them. Um, and I think that dynamic is sort of what you're kind of waiting to see mm-hmm. each episode. I found myself, upon looking back, being most drawn to the situations where I'm, I'm hoping Coach Taylor becomes the best version of himself mm. in that situation. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, when Saracen has his meltdown and gets drunk with Riggins and all that, um, Coach Taylor doesn't handle it the right way, but he realizes it at the end, and you sort of have that epiphany moment with him. Um, he goes through the same thing with Vince, right? Vince has his meltdown. I don't know how mm-hmm. to how to be. I'm, everyone's asking me to do too much too soon. He, he the light bulb goes off. Mm-hmm. Saracen's dad dies, right? And he's the one that chases him down the street and tries to help him, and just understands that it's kind of impossible to help him. Those are all not football things, right? Correct. And I, I think those are the moments. Even though he isn't a perfect character, even though I, he doesn't react exactly how I would want him to in those situations, to sort of pull me all the way through mm-hmm. i think the humanity and sort of that light bulb moment for him and and him trying to lead these young men as best as possible is both a really entertaining thing as a viewer but also hits home very much for us yes who have the great privilege of working with so many great texas high school football coaches Correct. and seeing these relationships play out in real time and what it means to them and they all know they're not perfect men and they know they're teaching a bunch of men that perfection is impossible but it's the striving right Mm -hmm. that's his line from Mm -hmm. the show it's the striving that matters um and i think that's embodied by everything he does even if it's not perfect and i think that's why at the end of the day he's my mvp i think i agree with you um i want to give an honorable mention to a few okay um i think that vince howard would would be the runaway mvp right if he weren't only in two seasons, right. if he was in more than forty percent of the show, agree with this, yeah. um, but he's just not in it enough. But he he was trending in that way. Yep. I think the runner-up here is probably Tammy Taylor. Yeah, is that she is she is the 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 compass yep. of this show. Yep. She's the person that even when even when everyone is going crazy, and even when the most grounded characters like. Coach Taylor right. are going off the rails. She's the steadying force. Uh, I think she deserves a shout out here, but I do think you're right. I think in the end, this is a show about Eric Taylor, right? And he is an appropriate protagonist. He is somebody who I think, for the most part, is a good reflection of what Texas high school football <laughs> coaches are about. About eighty percent of the way there, right. I right. would say, arguably the best. This is damning with faint praise, but right. maybe the best. Um, the best example of a Texas high school football coach ever put on screen. Yeah. I think that that's certainly in there. Yeah, no, I think so. But um, but overall, I would say um, I would say it's got to be Eric Taylor. All right, who's your least <laughs> valuable player? <laughs> um, do you want me to I, go first? No, I mean I think the answer is the same for everyone. It's Lila. It's Lila, and and maybe Becky, but it's the same thing as Vince, right? Like he's not she's not around enough. Correct. But Lila is, and I, boy, that's like a pretty cheerleader put in the show to fix broken men. Yeah, I just and not really sure what she gets out of it at the end. Like, do you feel any better about Lila's life at the end? Mm-hmm. She still feels kind of lost at the end, which I hey look, there are people in life that are like that. Yes, there are characters in shows where you need that, but ugh. yeah, I um I think that that is probably I think you're right. I would say that that it's 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 Lila. Uh, a special commendation, of course, to Tim Riggins who needs to be punted into the sun. Um, <laughs> he's not the he's not even close to the least um, valuable. He if you're talking about value propositions, he's Becky, extremely valuable to the show. Becky's in it. You may not like him. But he's integral to the show. Becky's up there. Um, oh God, what is the name of the girl who is the maid at uh, Saracen's house or the the help? Carlotta. Carlotta. Yeah. Carlotta's up there. Um, I feel bad. It's like mostly women. Yeah. Um, well, I just don't. Th- I, I you know, it's this show where you have Tammy, who's like this unbelievably strong force of nature. Yes. And then, like, a lot of weak ladies. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like we couldn't have had a couple more. 
Now, they all have their moments. Tyra gets better. Yes. I, I don't want to – but it does just feel like it's kind of lopsided. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're probably right. Uh, it, it is, but that that was one thing I kind of. And there's a lot of TV shows that struggle, by the way, with writing female characters. Right. This is not the first one in the last. But at the same time, they are also balanced out by the fact that they have a tremendous right. uh, kind of leading lady in a lot of regards. Right. Um, all right, uh, what about your? Let's give a final grade to the Texas high school football um, action on the field. Okay. Uh, um, we were kind of talking throughout the the entire because we did a week season by season. I think it's again. I think that it is probably the best, most realistic on the field for the most part that's ever been put on on screen. Yeah. Again, damning with faint praise because there hasn't been a ton of great stuff put out there. Yeah. Uh, I would give it a B to that's, B plus. Yeah, B to B plus. I think that um, you I know. Think, I think they did pretty well. I think from start to to finish, we kind of talked about. A lot of the way that ways they edit it made it very difficult for you to fact check a lot of the action on the field, which is probably the smart move mm-hmm. because that's just a lot of insane detail. Yes. Um, so there is that is that. What about the Texas high school football action off the field? Oh boy. Uh, so so we're talking about all the things going on around, around the program. The Dylan program. I would. That's where things kind of went off the rails for me. Because well, look, it, it's it's like we talked. You've made this point a thousand times, and I think it sums it up perfectly. Do these things happen to some degree, somewhere, sometime? Yes. Do they all happen to the eleventh degree in one place to one team? In, yeah. To to one or two teams over four seasons. No, Mm-mm. this is insane. This Mm-mm. is insanity. So it's it it's a C, right? Mm-hmm. Like yes, it it touches on reality in a lot of ways, but but it's just so extreme in some res- in some some areas. And some of the shortcuts they take to sort of explain away rules and consequences don't make any sense Correct. relative to what happens in reality. I agree with that. The other thing is uh, like. I'll, I just keep going back to this that for all the for all the good that they did portraying Texas high school football on the field, there is just no consistency and no grounding in reality of how Texas high school football is like operated, like yeah. the structure right. of the UIL and, and and how you make the playoffs and right. and what a district executive committee thing is. Those are the things that, to me, again, as a nerd, as a Texas high school football nerd, that's what took it took me out of it. Grates on you a little bit. It does. I'm yeah. like, ah. Oh. So I would say you're right. We're in the C territory uh, for off the field. All right. Um, what is your what is the best episode? I'm gonna say I'm gonna go favorite because best favorite. Is like, yeah, I'm sorry. What's a, what's your favorite episode? Favorite episode is probably the sun. Mm-hmm. Even though it like has very little to do with football, I just think it's really well done, really well written, really well acted. Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, the series finale, it kind of delivers everyone's happy ending, and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of show where that needs to happen, probably. Um, um, yeah, I would say I'm going to go with I'm gonna, also going to go to a, a very very late episode. I'm okay. going to go to season five, episode eleven. It's the March. Right. That is when they're on kind of the playoff path. Yeah. They're they're kind of going. I think this is the fourth to last uh, episode of the season, or third to last yeah. uh, episode of the season, or the the show rather. Um, and more importantly, like again, like the show is at its strongest when they have a, a football as a central a central point of the show. And having all of those games kind of back to back to back, it's like the first time we, first and only time we saw like a montage yeah. of football. Yeah, it was it's like, how is that not the obvious thing to do? Yeah. And I guess they've got to stretch it out over the course of, of, of a right. season. But for me, that was such an obvious thing to do. And, and I, I loved that episode. I thought it was excellent. Um, kind of all set uh, against the backdrop of, um, of, of uh, Riggins coming out of jail. And yeah. That's why you like that episode. Riggins is back. Um, no, just Briggins continues to brood. Um, uh, all right. So then, do you want to have like a, a least favorite episode? No, I, I think mean it, it's I think probably it's, the opener for me. Man, man, the thing is, there are people who love that pilot. That pilot is too much. That pilot it's, is so too, freaking dense. Too much. And oh my god, it's too much. Yeah. Uh, what did you? What else did you? Oh, favorite cameo, right? Favorite, yeah. Favorite cameo or favorite like mo? Like we've spent a lot of this review doing these reviews doing like spotted. Right. Um, I was. Uh, it yeah. has to be a person. It can't be like a place. Cause it does. I whatever. agree. Um, 
I don't know. All the all of our media buddies showing up. It's That's just kind of like just kind of like funny. Victor Diaz, Emily yeah. Jones, uh, Ricky Doyle. Um, I will say this. I think my favorite part of the entire show was in season one. Believe it or not, when they went to the state championship game at yeah. at Texas, Texas Stadium. Yeah. All that whole thing. Now, there's a lot of ridiculousness around it. Right. But the whole idea of, like, we're going to Texas Stadium. This is where we're playing the state championship game. It felt big. It felt real. I think that's probably the thing that I will, probably with I will keep there. Coming that's back. good. I, I never, I'll never get over the fact that, like, Derek Long makes multiple appearances in this as two different characters. Yeah. He's a booster in Dylan in the pilot, but he's an opposing coach, like, four seasons or five seasons later against East Dillon. Uh, Derek Long, the former Westlake head coach, uh, greatest mustache in Texas high school football it's at the excellent. time. Uh, you know, David Gilpin down at uh, Mission Veterans mm-hmm. Memorial probably has a uh, argument at this point. Correct, but, uh, but yeah. Um, well, I will also. That's probably it. Well, and I mean, it would certainly be self-serving to say Dave Campbell six. Dave Campbell six football yeah. shows up like three times, yeah. which is kind of great. But yeah. um, and I'm I'm certainly not going to pass on that. But you know, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. Well, you know what? We've prattled on enough. Yes. We've had some great conversations with other people who are – we are – as you can tell, we're kind of lukewarm on the show. <laughs> uh, we decided to bring in a couple of people who are very hot on the show. Uh, the first uh, is our friend and longtime viewer of, of Texas Football Today and, and consumer of what we do, our friend uh, Miss Terry Adams. Uh, we talked with her. She is a, a self-described super fan of Friday Night Lights, and she's got a little bit of a bonus at the end of our interview. Here's our conversation with Friday Night Lights super fan Terry Adams here on Texas Football Today. Max, we've slogged through Friday Night Lights now, and um, we did it for a number of reasons, and we did it for a number of people, not just our fans out there who who enjoy content, but also for very specific people. One of the people who helped to convince us to do this, uh, we have now brought on to hold to account. Uh, we are pleased to be joined by Texas Football Today, uh, friend of the friend of the program, uh, Miss Terry Adams. Miss Terry, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. Now, you are a Friday Night Lights super fan. Is this correct? Yes, it's something I know a lot about. Okay. That's that there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm that's that's not I didn't mean to to use an accusatory tone. I will certainly use an accusatory tone a little bit later, but yeah. I'm not Well, the to... thing is that there's so many super fans of the show and there's so many different ways that people are attached to it. Um I I have watched the show in its entirety four times. And um so it's, you know, somewhat clinical for me now but um but i don't know as much about it as you know maybe somebody who you know is actually in the business and has studied it from like a you know a more scholarly perspective got it you are just you are somebody who just very much enjoys the show right right and there are those people there are people who have like really delved into this and you know, just none of them host this show. Yes, none of That's them. That's right. This show. <laughs> but we're we're here to we're here to bring you on because um, because we want your take on this. We you know we've gone through Friday Night Lights, uh, we've watched the whole show, um, and, and so I have a number of questions. First and foremost, um, I think one place that you and I have a big difference on is the topic of one Timothy Riggins. Um, you are, you are, I believe, here to defend Tim Riggins. Here is my point, and I'll allow you to have a counterpoint. My point, Tim Riggins should be punted to the moon. Your counterpoint, Miss Adams. I've just never felt that way. Why not? About Tim. Tell me, tell me why he should not be punted to the moon. Okay, well, you know, the Tim Rigginses of the world... They are their own special breed. <laughs> and, you know, it's really like... Agree. Somebody, <laughs> right. Okay. So I have to tell you, this is my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. There was a boy when I was in high school. Here we go. Mm-hmm. This is going exactly... At Tim Riggins. And um, for years, like years and years after high school... I could not figure out why. Why had I gotten involved with him? Mm-hmm. 
and really, you know, changed the course of my life. Um, the fact that I, you know, I broke up with a guy who was more like a, um, like a Landry slash Saracen type and, you know, someone I truly loved. But when somebody like Tim Riggins makes you his project, like high school girls do not have any native defense for that. And so when I saw Tim Riggins on Friday Night Lights, it helped me. It was therapeutic because I was like, oh, okay. All right, that's how that happened. You know. So, so what you're what and, you're saying is that if I were so, a high school no, no, girl, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I would appreciate Tim Riggins. He's like a baby alcoholic. Like he he has no uh, again. This is again, somehow redemptive. Sympathy for him, and also like he's so hot. Like I know you can't he see is that. So hot, maybe Greg. you know from your perspective. And even you. now, he's I'm just like, jealous. okay, I can say that. But when I first watched it, we were much closer in age. So I was like 30, and he was probably in actuality like 25. So now it doesn't sound – it sounds um, discordant. But at the time, you know, like it was okay to lust after Tim Riggins. I think it's still and, okay, Terry. Don't worry. Yeah, sorry. No. I'm telling That's you. That's my defense. I'm telling like, you. He's super hot. And Ish, Ish um, and Greg both are just jealous yeah. that he's hot, and he gets away with everything because he's hot. But it's not just that he's hot. Like he also, um, he also like will say things that some people won't verbalize. You know, like he's vulnerable. And um, I hope my there's just no there's no defense for that. It's just I hope just... my I hope my deep sigh is coming in through that thing. I just I think <laughs> here's the thing for about for me about Tim. If you want to say that deep down you got to cut through a lot of blackness and tar and um, like bong resin and um, and and he doesn't of, smoke pot and and I would say there's probably like you know it probably smells like whiskey inside him but if you want to cut through all of that if you want to tell me that much like the Grinch down there there is that little heart and that heart is good, I will appreciate that. And I can see that. And, and there are times where I do feel like he has a good heart. But in the end, he's just kind of a bad guy. And at some point, Terry, at some point, you are the sum of your actions. And okay, he has his limitations. But yep. you are going to have a good time with Tim Riggins. Yeah, you are. And he's going to mm-hmm. say some funny stuff that makes this show tolerable. Okay. All right, let's we 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 can spend the literally our entire time with, the, with you talking Terry. about Thanks. Okay. Tim Riggins. and hot. Okay, yeah, hot. and super hot. Okay, <laughs> uh, so now now this is something um, that I know you want to touch on, but but something we obviously didn't touch on because we're dumb is uh, that you think really holds up is that this is from an artistic perspective uh, that this show. Uh, particularly this show stands up and that this kind of stands the test of time. It holds up uh, what, it, it, from your, it, it, from your perspective, because you are smarter than us and, and more art, artsy than us. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why, what in that regard do you think is, would you say that this show holds up from an artistic perspective? Um, I mean, I think you have to definitely put it in its place, you know, in the early 2000s, well, in the mid-2000s, 2000s, yeah. you know, it, there was a certain, like, uh, there were shows that emerged as, you know, the the top shows of the day. And it was one of them. And, um, you know, I just feel like the production was really good, the editing, the music. Like, so, I mean, it's when you have all of those things coming together, it produces, like, you do um, have, like, uh, it moves you. So I, the show was moving. I, it, I, it I will changed say people's ideas about what you know high school football is. One thing, one thing I, I will agree with you. I think that the I think that and and Max, you have a degree in film, so you are obviously somebody who would have a better opinion on this. Sure, than me. I do think it's beautifully shot. I do think yeah. I've I've never necessarily I've never questioned the production value of this show. It, it does at times. It looks like a, a lot of TV looks very flat. And it doesn't, you know, it's just like, oh, you're standing in a room. You know, if you watch yeah. Home Improvement, Home Improvement looks very flat. This looks three-dimensional. This feels like it's shot like a feature film. Um, I do think that it's just yeah. some of the things. That and I think we all sort of agree. I know talking to Terry about this and talking about you, talking about this with you on the show, 
the music surprises you. The music choices surprise you. Mm-hmm. They catch mm-hmm. you yes. off guard. That too. It's it is like very high minded music throughout the show. Like it still somehow fits, which is weird. Mm-hmm. It's very Austin in that way, by the way. Like that's very Austin, Texas, for it to have like such great musical choices yet still fit the landscape and the portraits. Mm-hmm. But I will say it was we were always surprised by some of the bands that made appearances. In each season. Yeah, there were a couple of times where uh, I know that during our, our review, um, we were like, oh, wait, hey, they played The National. You know what I mean? The only one mm-hmm. the only one that I knew of uh, going into it was I knew that uh, um, Explosions in the Sky played a, a significant right. role in them. But they, they had that, uh, that that Tony Luca song that I think was a, um, a, a constant theme. That Devil Town song was kind of a, a thematic thing. Oh, so, right. Yeah. Which Daniel Johnston wrote. Yeah. Oh. Um, but Bright Eyes performed. Bright Eyes performed. Oh, Bright Eyes performed. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that was so disarming. That was so disarming for me. So the music. Speaking because of, speaking of disarming, because I want to touch on this too. You you say, believe it or not, you Texas football today super fan uh, once didn't just not like football, but actually went of your way to abhor it. You did not like football, but you say that Friday Night Lights was a gateway drug. Can you explain that to us? Oh, yeah. So, like, if you had asked me to explain football to you prior to watching Friday Night Lights. So, you know, given that I was born and raised in Texas mm-hmm. um, and uh, I would have I would have come at it from some type of like, you know, gender analysis or try to explain, you know, what gender performances and um, and what totems, how totems function, you know, and like I would have completely just you know, dismissed it, um, as a relic that is harming people actively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I certainly didn't want my, you know, my son to play football. Um, you know, I was the drum major of my school, but I was so focused on my own, um, I guess you would call, uh, imposter syndrome, um, that I had really no idea what was going on outside you know on the field or you know um so i was very disconnected um from really what makes one of the unique things about our state is that we love high school football i was completely disconnected from that and um really saw no value but this but you you say that this show helped kind of turn on a light for you yeah that's why i feel like it has artistic value Mm. is that um is that it gives you a window, it reflects back, you know. Um, it's somebody else saying, let me show you, you know, another way of looking at this. Interesting. And that's probably the only way. I mean, I really don't think there could have been another way for me to be convinced um, to to really consider. And, um, and it was a departure point for me because I was like, well, you know, um, this, is, this is the best show in town. Like on a Friday night, you know, like, um, this is these things are happening right now. I need to go out and find this, and um, and I want to be a part of it. And you know, I started reading because I didn't have a community, so I started just like reading books um, and learning about like the history. I read a lot of like Jim Dent books, and um, I started to kind of piece together like, oh, you know, like this is how high school football started in Texas. And, you know, the, this is the progression of like, um, d- dominance, you know, that has followed like population patterns and, um, you know, economic forces. And, um, so now, and, you know, plus this, just the geography of the state and, and learning about like the regional characters, characteristics. So I feel like me as a person who, might not have anything else in common with you know somebody that I meet like um we can talk about high school football like if I end up running into George W. Bush someday Mm -hmm. god forbid we are definitely talking about high school football not the fact that I'm a communist well and and so (laughs) we're talking with communist uh Terry Adams here on Texas football today but I want to um uh, I, I want to follow up because that's one thing you know we we talk about a lot and, and I, I talk to you know privately and publicly about about how I think that you know high school football is a lot more than just twenty two guys on a field going at it uh, you know it's it, it's a touchstone in people's lives and it's a, it's a, a way of, of kind of connecting people so that's interesting that this show helped to bring you to that so so I understand uh, that um, that Kyle Chandler uh, who of course 
uh, uh, played Coach Taylor on the, on the show. Uh, I understand that he once sat down next to you at a band concert. Uh, oh, pl- yeah. Please tell me how that went. Okay, so this is what happened. I do not have celebrity crushes. I have two. It's Kyle Chandler and Chris O'Dowd. And um, so one day I was at my children's um, band concert, and they go to a private school in South Boston. And um, I got up to go to the bathroom and at the intermission, and I came back, and I'm, like, going down the row. And excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, <laughs> Kyle Chandler. And then I saw that my purse was sitting on the seat next to him. So he had sat down in the seat next to the one that I had been sitting in. Mm-hmm. So I sit down into the seat of destiny, right? Yeah, and, right. Um, you know, his wife is sitting next to him, and she is But you were paying no attention to her. You're like, her face. Knee, her hand on his knee the whole time, because she's obviously a very smart woman. <laughs> and um, my mom was sitting right next to me, and my mom is aware of my Friday Night Lights obsession, but I couldn't just turn to her and be like, Mom, Kyle Chandler is sitting right next to me. Because that would be rude. I was very like hyper aware of like not making him feel uncomfortable or like, like I just wanted him to enjoy the band concert of his child, mm-hmm. and um, not have to put up with like my Kyle Chandler like you know fan like experience, and um, so I felt like I had lock-in syndrome. But I was talking to myself. I was like, "You are going to speak to him. You are going to say something." And so I turned to him and I said, um, "Oh, you know." Uh, who are you here to see? And um, he said, oh, my daughter, you know, she's in the, you know, mm-hmm. eighth grade. And I said, oh, you have a child at this school? <laughs> and um, but he very politely chatted with me. And I did not bring up the fact that I knew who he was. And then afterwards, I kind of, you know, wished that I had said something like, mm-hmm. you know, I really enjoyed the show. And thank you so much. Interesting. So you didn't bring up like his guest starring on Grey's Anatomy or anything like that? <laughs> no, I didn't bring up the fact that I had rented, you know, early edition from the video store um, from Vulcan Video and like watched his old like, you know, you watch like the no, day the earth I didn't bring up the still. fact that I had had a crush on him since he was on um, Homefront. Um, which was like, you know, when I was a freshman in high school. No, I didn't bring any of that up. It's because his wife had her guard up. She was ready. She saw you. All right. Yeah. um, Yeah. So another question for for Terry Adams. Uh, One thing we didn't discuss uh, on the show, something we just kind of glossed over because there was just a lot to get to. There was a lot. Um, There was a, at East Dillon, there was a branding incident. Um, Oh, my God. Yes. I believe you have some. I hated that so much. So you you have some thoughts then. Well, it was just my second. It was like Landry killing someone and throwing the body in the river. That was the worst. Hashtag killer Landry. But then the branding thing, like that was a that was a close second. Um, I just I wish they had left that out. I just hated that so much. I was so mad they did that. So I've got to be honest. The way that and I'm I'm interested in in your perspective on the whole because the way that I would characterize my thoughts on Friday Night Lights is that I think the first season is bad. I think the second season is is god awful. I think the third season is fine. I think the fourth season is great, almost almost like very great if there's something higher than that. Uh, and then the fifth season is good to very good. Um, do you because you mentioned Killer Landry hashtag Killer Landry? Um, do, do are we on the same page as, as as far as that's concerned? Um, no, I really only think the second season wasn't as good as the others. Mm-hmm. But like, I had a different experience with it because I came into it watching in the mm, second or third season, mm-hmm. and I had seen it filming around town. Like, I was vaguely aware mm-hmm. of it, but I had no references really. Um, and so, you know, you just have a pile of hype that you've been trying to watch it through. And true. plus they were trying to cancel it. Like every year it was like, you know, this like feeling of like, oh my God, are there going to be any more? And then just relief. And so you're just, we were just thankful. We were just so thankful to have another yeah. season, you know, um, each time. And so I don't know. I mean, now when I watch it, like I definitely have favorite episodes and favorite you know, things that happen. Um, and some of it is more boring and I wish it wasn't in there, but, um, 
I don't know. I really enjoyed the whole thing. And then the second with the second season, I was like, mm. and did you know that they only filmed like 15 out of 22 episodes that were planned? Yeah, there are like because the lost strike, episodes. Right? There's a, uh, the writer's strike or something like that. They, they yeah, right. Okay, um, we we have another disagreement on a character. Um, I call her Marlboro, but um, <laughs> we, we, we we need to discuss Tyra. Um, you have stated repeatedly, repeatedly, that you think Tyra doesn't smoke. I think that is the biggest layup character development of all kind of all time. So my question for you, Terry Adams, are you willing to stake your life? On the idea that Tyra has not lit up multiple times. That she has not smoked less than three full packs of cigarettes in her life. No chance. I mean, she probably would have smoked Marlboro Light 100s, but... Fair. That is fair. That is fair. But she did not in the show smoke. And so I just feel but like she, defending her because, like, she, she was the female character that was least like me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I came from, you know, I didn't... So her home life was completely different. I was I was like a combination of Julie and Lila. Mm-hmm. Okay, and well, except I didn't know anything about football. That's mm-hmm. based and, on our, our reviews. That makes you a very bad person. Mm-hmm. I know I was. <laughs> I was, and I really didn't even realize that Julie was annoying until someone pointed it out to me. That's how much self awareness I was lacking. Yeah, I was going to say um, that's kind of yeah. obvious. Yeah, but. Um, but and yet I had a redemption arc. So no. uh, uh, mm. we, mm. I'm going to need you to show your work on that. Okay. One. Yeah. Well, I'm still trying. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. She did it, and and I felt like defending her because I mean, I don't know. I smoked in high school, you know, mm. and but she, you know. She overcame a lot, and that that was a great essay she wrote. I have I, to say, like, I don't. I'll I'll say this. Here's what I'll say about Tyra. I was actively rooting against um, Lila. Absolutely, 100% rooting against her. I want bad things to happen to Lila Garrity. Um, I was not rooting against Tyra. I, th- I, I think I think Tyra is 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 probably obviously aside from Julie Taylor. Or no, I'm sorry. I was rooting against her too. Um, uh, Tammy Taylor. I would say that she is the strongest female character on the show, besides Tammy, who is who runs up the score on everybody else. Um, I was not rooting against Tyra, but it, I just think it's so clear that she's going and getting parliaments. I think that that's so clear. I, I, dated, mm-hmm. I dated a couple Tyras. She smokes. <laughs> okay, finally, with uh, Friday Night Lights superfan um, Terry Adams, and, and, and this is the most important. This is the whole point of bringing you on, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's, the rest of this is window dressing. We need to address the elephant in the room. And the reason that you actually, like, I know you've told us, oh, no, I actually like the show. I like the concept. I like the the script. No, 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 no. There's a reason you love this show. The reason you love this show is that, Terry Adams, you were in this show. (laughs) We're looking at the screen grab, and there you are, season four, episode three, walking in front of, I presume, (laughs) award-winning actor Michael B. Jordan. There you are. Uh. Huh? You know, I don't like to brag, so... <laughs> yeah. Explain to, explain to me how this you're happened. You're a little blurry, but you're there. Okay. So what happened is that um, I have this thing where when I like something, I try to insert myself into it. <laughs> what? I don't know if you've noticed that. Are you what? kidding me? Um, yeah, I know. Um, Are we talking to the same person who's hosted this show before? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, when I see something, when I... When I want to be a part of something, I really, you know, I go for it. And um, I love the show. I was like, you know what? I want to I want to be an extra. And so I figured out, you know, I mean, it wasn't that hard. Like, they were trying to get people in the Austin area to be extras. Like, right. it fell into my lap. But we were there all day. You know, it, it was an all-day commitment. I think they paid me something like $50, $50 60 Did you know they um, – each episode costs two million dollars to produce. That's too much. That's too I know. Much. Well, anyway, so I guess see, part of it was two? paying extras when they had the crowd scenes and stuff. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was a fun experience. Um, when I left, they were still shooting the um, the football scenes. Did, um, did you meet anybody from it? No, I was. I went by myself, and I sat by myself, and I didn't make any friends. 
Mm. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. You you could you could you could have gone to the Oscars with Michael B. Jordan if you had played your cards right. They weren't like standing around. Like you're like um, you're like ten. You're, right there. There. you're like ten feet and, from like, him. It was like you know it was like unwashed masses. Uh, yeah, I guess you you're you're just a, you're a normie. There were so many people there who didn't even care about the show. I mean, but whatever. <laughs> and you were like offended by that. You're like, that's a rent for another rent for another day. <laughs> like you're just here for the money and the food. Uh, <laughs> was was uh, craft services pretty good though? Yeah. <laughs> She's Terry Adams. She's Texas football today super fan and Friday Night Lights mega fan and uncredited. Key, mm-hmm. key role. What was your? What would you say? How would you describe your character in Friday Night Lights? Mm. Um, oblivious woman walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. You, you look the like the only you're... woman on earth who wouldn't notice Michael B. Jordan ten feet away from her. <laughs> that's that's. The... Well, I wasn't supposed to notice him. I was in character. Oh, she's in character. She's yes. I was like, but I was walking in between the football. T- I mean, yeah. We applaud your know. restraint. We we do. Yeah, I I had um, I couldn't wait. I had to go. I had to walk right then through the. <laughs> <laughs> you had places to. But be. it was it was fun, and it was so fun to listen to you guys um, discuss this this show that I love. I have to say, um, it's been a few weeks of wow. of it's... pure unadulterated joy. For well, me. it's it's your fault. We did it so. Uh, well, partially. Uh, yeah. Terry Thank Adams. You. Terry Adams. Uh, you can see her in the comments uh, on, uh, on on Texas football today, pretty much every day. You and at a uh, at a football game at, coming to you near at you. A football, soon. Yeah. At a football game near you. Terry. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time and insights, and uh, I await your apology note for making us watch this. <laughs> okay, I'll get right on that. Thank you, Greg. Um, okay, there's Terry. Well done. Terry Adams. Well done, sir. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, there's Terry Adams. Uh, we had a great conversation with her yesterday. Obviously, she's very passionate, passionate about the show uh, because yeah. she was on it. Yep. That's, that is actually, yeah. like, cool. I, yeah. I have to admit. Yeah. Like, I tr- you know, yeah. you don't want to lavish too much praise on no. Miss Terry, but that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, she obviously loves the show. We just are going to disagree about Riggins. That's just yeah. from forever. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, but another reason that we did this yeah. show, another another driving force, because this was probably the person who like pushed, it. pushed us over the edge yeah. to do it, yeah. uh, is our former colleague, David Ubbin. You may remember David Ubbin uh, was our college football insider uh, back uh, last year. He has since moved on to The Athletic. He's writing about Tennessee football. You should go subscribe to The Athletic. They're wonderful. He does great work. So A lot of crossover in those audiences. Yeah, a lot of crossover. If, you're, if you love volunteers football and uh, Texas high school football, boy, do I have the marriage made in heaven. Yeah. Anyway, uh, David Ubbin is a Friday Night Lights um, apologist, lover and apologist. Uh, and so we got him on the phone to talk a little bit of Friday Night Lights. Here's our conversation with our good buddy David Ubbin here on Texas football today. There's a number of reasons why we did this Friday Night Lights review, but uh, one of the biggest reasons uh, was uh, six months of pestering uh, from our guest now. We're joined by uh, our former colleague and the Athletics' own David Ubbin, who uh, is is currently listed on the screen as Friday Night Night Lights apologist. Uh, David, it's good to have you back. Welcome back to the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Universe. Oh, indeed. Apologist, enthusiast. Uh, advocate, whatever you need, man. Uh, Friday Night Lights, that's a, that's a top fiver for me. So, uh, Ooh, well, get hey, this, hey, I, I'm, I, I'm strapped up. I've got my I've got my fingerless gloves on. Oof. I'm ready to step into the octagon. Let's do this. He's coming okay. out swinging. So then, then here's 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 my thing, and I I, I want to start this. With, I think this is a good starting point. Is I have now watched the show, and um. I think we probably disagree on the quality of the show uh, and how much we, we love it. Um, so I want to hear from you the case that Friday Night Lights is a top five TV show in your mind. Okay, so I don't think that it's based off of pure quality in terms of just like, you know, I think, you know, the acting this is, a great start. is pretty hit or miss. Oh, it's pretty man. hit or miss. Like there are, there are some standouts and there are some Lilas, you know? And so uh, you, you have to sort of take it as it goes. But I think for me, I like living in this world. I like being in that environment. I like spending time with, with the Taylors. Uh, I like getting to know, uh, you know, non-season two Landry. Uh, I like 
Jason Street's art. I mean, if you guys haven't had a chance to read um, my boy Robert May's uh, spectacular mm-hmm. oral history of Friday Night Lights, it was one of the very first projects that he did for Grantland. Um, he talked to Jason Cadam, the, 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 the showrunner, and basically was explaining, uh, or, or one of the writers, was explaining that the whole concept of the show was basically, let's take this idyllic world and let's blow it up in the first episode. And then the rest of the series is all these people kind of picking up the pieces. And I like that pursuit. I like that arc. Uh, and, you know, with the exception of season two, like I said, I just love being in that environment, you know, and so many characters that I really love and am drawn to, you know, Smash, uh, like I said, non-season two Landry, even the redemption of, of Tim Riggins and, and Tyra in some ways, everyone except Lila pretty much. I, I really enjoy uh, just being around them. And so I think for me, you know, part of it is an enjoyment case more than a, a quality case, you know, uh, but I think that uh, above all for me is what makes it a, a top five show. So okay. That's my case. There's So, so, I, I want to ask you a bit because you've mentioned <clears throat> non-season two Landry, which uh, <laughs> we, like we have to address this. Is it fair to say, and 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 I don't know if, if if you're willing to go this far, but are you willing, as a Friday Night Lights apologist, to admit that season two is a trash season? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I think even the most diehard people would. I mean, I think you have to look at the circumstances. The writers strike; they're being pressured by NBC to to quote unquote spice things up. Uh, the writers, writers room was just in a tough spot. Uh, and I think, you know, when they were given a little bit longer leash and a little bit more free reign over what they wanted to do, you know, I think they did a good job of hitting the hard reset button. And there was no reason to be tied to season two. I mean, can you imagine if they tried to carry that out? I mean, how much that would have hurt the rest of the show. So I think you have to just recognize, hey, it was a tough spot. You do what you got to do to keep your baby alive. Uh, and then once your your baby's fine, you forget about all of those, uh, you know, uh, things that that, that uh, it probably didn't need to exist. Sure. So, yeah, season two is bad. I skip season two when I watch. I was kind of, you know, when you guys started doing this and I was watching your shows, uh, you know, I, I did my own little rewatch and, and I did not watch a second of season two. It's too painful, man. It's too painful. Okay, so, well, and, and you're right. you got to keep your baby alive. I'm just kind of surprised Landry didn't kill it, but we're talking about baby <laughs> of, of the athletic here. Um, okay, so then you've listened to our, our reviews. You've listened to our show. Is, yeah. there, is, there anything, mm-hmm. is there anything that you feel like we have been unfair about? Is there anything you would like to no. address with us? No, I think you guys have been pretty fair. Um, I think, um, I don't know. I think part of it almost is that, so I, so my, my arc with Friday Night Lights, I watched the first couple episodes when it very first came on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this show sucks. This is stupid. Uh-huh. They're winning it. Like every game is coming down to like the most unbelievable finish. Like I'm done with this. So I hung it up after season one. I had no, I was out. I just, you know, this was back in, I want to say it was pre-DVR era, at least before DVR became, like, integral to your life. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty easy to ignore TV shows, and that's pretty much what I did. Um, so I was kind of ignorant over everything that was happening. But then about the middle of season three, uh, or I think it was maybe, I think it was after season three, I was still in college. I don't know. It was on Netflix or something, and I started watching it, and I was like, oh, man, this is awesome. And my boy Robert Mays was, like, the biggest Friday Night Life apologist. So I, I ended up finishing season one. I loved it. And then I started watching season two, not knowing any of the other things. And I literally, in, like, a episode and a half in, I was texting Robert, like, dude, what the heck is happening? Like, what, what happened to this show? And so he kind of explained the same things that I explained to you. And he was like, you know... Don't worry about it. It gets better. So and so. So I watch season four every week. And so I think when you don't have to binge it and when you're personally invested, in, is this show going to survive and you really like living in this world? I think maybe there's a little bit, you guys might call it Stockholm syndrome. I might call it love. I think you feel a loyalty to the show in some ways. And, and maybe, maybe there's that aspect of it of when you're living with these people every week for a couple of years you might feel drawn to them a little bit more and, rather than if you're binging it. So maybe, you know, the sacrifice that Tim Riggins puts up 
uh, lands a little bit harder when you're thinking about these things or reading about these things for a week instead of having to watch five or six episodes. And that parlays into a broader discussion of, you know, how shows may or may not be written differently for the binge world that we live in now versus the, the sort of, you know, in some ways outdated TV world. Um, and that's an interesting conversation on its own, but I think that might factor into it. But to, to circle back to your original question, I don't think you guys have been unfair. Mm-hmm. I think that under these circumstances, I don't think that the, in the, the, the environment was right to produce the kind of love that I have for Friday Night Lights That's in a, the same way in you guys. You know what? That is a that is a super compelling point that has not been brought to me yet, which is the idea that um, I do not think this show is a good binge watch. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it is. I think that I think that it's just there were a lot of times that if you listen to our reviews, which you did, where we said it's a lot. Like you know, mm-hmm. especially season one. Season one is. A lot. It's yeah. just, there's there's so it much is. going on. It gets better. I think I think that's one thing too that the show. You know, and, and in my rewatch, I, I think this was the third time that I've gone through it. I think I, it's an interesting show in that it does crescendo. I think it gets better as it goes along. I just I was surprised you guys didn't like season five. Uh, I think I understand your point about you liked it more when they were losing and it was a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I I found it kind of equally compelling. I mean. I think two things. One, the risk of sort of hitting the nuclear option on the show mm-hmm. and basically having a totally new show after three seasons is an unbelievable risk. And the show is better season four and season five. I think four and five are unquestionably the best seasons. Um, and that's interesting. And I think, too, but them holding on to those same strings. And while I will say that I, I, I think it's a good show, but I don't think it's on the same level as some of the shows that would be considered like prestige TV. Mm-hmm. The Sun, the episode where Matt's dad dies, Ooh. I do think is one of the best episodes of television, literally, that's ever been created. I actually do believe there that. are. That's the thing is that overall, I, I would I would not give this a a, a, a particularly strong grade of, of the entire show writ large. But there are moments I will I will admit, even as I would I don't even think I'm sure people will say I'm a Friday Night Lights hater, but. <laughs> I would. There are moments where I think that it is great. I thought that there were a lot of moments that um, uh, that Michael B. Jordan had that were tremendous. I thought that there were a couple of moments uh, where Matt Saracen had, as you mentioned, the sun, which is really, really excellent. I think there are moments, but then there are also characters and moments that I just every time they turn they they show up on the screen, I just want to turn it off. And so I want to ask you, uh, as as a Friday Night Lights apologist. <laughs> Non-Lila category. Okay, Lila's the obvious choice for the worst character on the show. Um, who's the second? Who's second place coming up in the David Ubbin power rankings as far as second from I, the I, I agreed with you guys on the Becky. I don't care about anything that, mm-hmm. that happens to Becky mm-hmm. like, at all. Mm-hmm. It, every, like, her character, whatever, is fine, and maybe, maybe I just don't care about you know, that pageant life, but... <laughs> I just don't. I just don't. I don't yeah. care about almost anything that, that, that was going on. All the pageant fans who watch the show are be upset. Well, and then she's like bouncing back and forth between like she like loves Riggins, but then she's gonna like date Luke. It, 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 this stuff, it just didn't make sense. It was an awkward. The way they tried to shoehorn Riggins into like, oh, is it a love interest or is it her dad? That's not a fence I want to be sitting on <laughs> anywhere. Like that's just awkward. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Like. No, she does love him, but it's like her dad that's <laughs> not there. Okay, well, all right. You yeah. could have just established that up front instead of playing this awkward, like, will they, won't they, actually it's her dad game. Like, I don't I don't want to watch that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just that's just what goes on in Statutory County, Texas. It's but, true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't realize the amount of statutory rape that happened oh, on the show between dude. Riggins. It is, it is outrageous. There is so much of just, like, ignorance of general law of, uh, you know, age of consent and all of these things. It's, I guess, you know, consent is only a suggestion in Dillon, Texas, I guess. I, I don't know. But that, I was not aware of that until you guys were talking about it, and then I started watching for it, and I was like, man, it's everywhere. a lot of... Uh, illegal relationships going on in this town. So let me ask you, because there's one character, I, I mean, I think everybody agrees. Even if you're like me and this show is going to go in a... 
I'm not going to watch it again, and I, you know, if you want to watch it, fine, that's your thing. I'm kind of lukewarm on it, I think, is the way that I would characterize it. But I think everybody agrees uh, that Coach Taylor and Tammy Taylor are are fantastic. I think that they are elite, elite characters. I think everybody agrees, I, I think most people agree that Smash is a very, very good character. Um, I, I would say that, I keep Vince. calling him... I keep calling him Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, it's Vince. Vince. Yeah. Vince is also an excellent character. <laughs> but I want to get your take on a character that I think kind of splits the difference, and, and, and you can uh, – you can, and it's not Tim Riggins. I think Max is going to think something like You're just dying Riggins. for more people to jump on your Tim Riggins. No, it's just – he does. He does. <laughs> and I'm right about this. But my question is about Jason Street. Because Jason Street okay. is obviously an integral part of this show, like one of the main, main, main characters. And yet I feel like – I feel like there is room to disagree about him. So I'm interested in your take on Jason Street. Uh, I think I find him compelling because like how many, we haven't seen a lot of characters in television or in the world where just like the whole world and everything they've ever wanted is right in front of them. And then in a split second, it's literally all taken away. And then they have to figure out what's next. So when he does dumb stuff or he acts irrationally or he goes to Mexico to try and find shark's blood, like, you kind of feel for him. Like, you're trying to you, – you can't help but hold out hope. Like, maybe he is going to walk again. Maybe he is – maybe there is that life that he wanted in some way is ahead of him. And it's like, no, like, you have to find something new and it's going to be jagged and imperfect and, and, and difficult. Um, but I like the the resolve that they found for Jason Street, where it's it's you know it's something resembling a happy ending. But even still, if you had told him that's where he would have ended up, mm-hmm. you know, days after his injury, he wouldn't have been happy with that. But I think he developed as a character to the point where he was happy with that um, because he saw how dark his life could get, uh, and he didn't sort of go down that road. So. Uh, I am a Jason Street fan. I like how they handled the character. Uh, and it, I will say in my rewatch, one thing that I had forgotten, I think it was less so later in the season five. I thought it got worse as it went on. But, man, every single relationship or every single conversation and scene between Vince and his dad, like yes. that whole arc until his dad goes kind of crazy is yeah. awesome. It's, it's... Like, up until his dad gets out of control. Like Basically, when they go on the recruiting visit, it goes, haywire yes. and kind of doesn't really work anymore but up until that everything was just like so compelling where everything was just like so uh delicately written with nuance and it's so well acted chris williams was like incredible uh i loved that and i was very sad that it kind of i don't know they they like they just wrote him in such yeah. a way that he's not really an antagonist or a protagonist he's a really complicated character and they leaned too heavily into like comic book villain in some ways toward the end yeah and, um, and that's that's the thing is, I, that, was, that was unfortunate i think we brought it up but but that whole arc what i really appreciated about it is that they didn't telegraph it is that it would have mm-hmm. been really really easy for them to bring in the dad and the dad it's 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 apparent from ward one that he's here exclusively because he views his son as a cash cow um, it would have been real, real easy to do that. I appreciate it. I think you use the word nuance. The nuance with which they they did that, uh, that they they didn't come out and, and just throw this out there and say, all right, you gotta, you know, here's this bad guy. It, it's it's uh, that's where I think the the, the things went, uh, uh, you know, really, really well. So, one final question for David Ubbin, who I know has to get to Tennessee spring practice here in a moment. Um, this is a, a a topic of debate, but uh, Tyra definitely smokes, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably. I She's hanging probably around. Accurate. I don't mean to, this dumbest is gonna, debate that has ever come is, up from this show. This is going to sound like <laughs> this is going to this is going to offend more people than I than I wish to. But I mean, she does hang around a strip club a lot. Like, there's a That's lot true. of different. There's a lot of things that if if we were drawing a Venn diagram, she would be the one part of it that wasn't out if she didn't smoke. In my mind, I feel like she is she is definitely a smoker. That's probably fair. Um, we'd have to. We'd have to do some voice analysis, wouldn't we? If she sounds like a smoker. Oh, see, I'm into. This. I mean, there's some next, there's some, there's some next level analytics that are to be done. Here. <laughs> Friday night lights graphs. We can do it. 
Exactly. Oh, exactly. I can, I can get on board with that. He's David Ubbin. He's the one who bullied us into doing this whole show. Uh, follow him on Twitter uh, at, uh, at David Ubbin and, uh, and find his fine, fine, fine work at The Athletic. Um, David, appreciate your time. I don't know if I appreciate you making us do this, but, uh, but I'm, glad, I'm glad we did it, and I'm glad it's over. Uh, and by the way, Tim Riggins does suck. Nah, Riggins is good. Riggins yeah. redeemed himself. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Always good to hear from you. There he is. Yeah. It's David Ubbin. Yeah. Our friend, our good buddy there at The Athletic, um, with his thoughts on, on the show. Obviously, I mean, he I mean, he called it a top five show. Uh, uh, no, guys. No. It's fine. Look, to wrap this, to put a bow on this thing. Put a bow on it, Greg. I've probably been too harsh on the show. I'll yeah. be honest. Oh yeah, we all have. Oh, uh, we all have. We've we, we've. I think that there there's a fair argument to say that we have nitpicked this show to death yep. and that it doesn't deserve that. Yep. I think that's fair. This is not a bad show. I want to be clear. There are bad shows out there that my wife likes <laughs> and that I just absolutely won't watch. Yeah. This is not one of those. There were a certain number of redeeming qualities that I really did enjoy. Um, it was clear to me, something we probably haven't said that we should probably say enough. It's clear that this was made with a lot of love. Yep. It's made, clear that this was made with a lot of passion for, by people who really cared about telling the story. And I think that goes a long way. And that does shine through. Uh, is it my favorite show of all time? Mm-mm. Uh, is it going to be a rewatch for me? Mm-mm. Neither. Neither of that. But I will say that um, once you got past the first two seasons, um, the show did pick up and the show got better. And I didn't... Um, actively hate watching it. Um, Couldn't have said it better myself. I think that that's where we're going to leave it. So, that's our Friday Night Lights review. Uh, if you have another thing you want us to review in the off season, don't let don't us know in the that. comments. Nope. It has to be football related. It has to be Texas football related. But um, if you've got a movie or something, something you think we should review, let us know in the comments. Uh, but until then, that is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, and thank you for taking this journey with us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter <laughs> at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Max Thompson, Terry Adams, David Ubbin, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.